Is it announcement? Guys, it's announcement time. Fight a seat. It's announcements. Okay, get excited. These are important things that you have to write down right now. Or you can download our app, the KVC app, available on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Hey, so coming up after church on Sunday, after the 11 o'clock service, is our newcomer's lunch. If you've been visiting here uh, in the last few months and you're new and you'd like to get to know the staff a little better, great opportunity. We will have refreshments. Also coming up, there is a baptism, February 11th. It's a Saturday, 9 a.m., Bayah Honda Calusa side. Acoustic worship, baptism, you need to be baptized. Sign up on the app. Also, February 15th is our family fun night. We always have such an awesome time. It's a great outreach into our community. We desperately need volunteers. So I'm telling you, sign up on the app to volunteer. It's right there. You scroll down, click it. You must do it, okay? Only slightly joking. If you can, that'd be great. Keep downloading that app. Jam night coming up as well, February 22nd, 6.30. Don't miss that. And uh, with all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. So glad you're with us. We're getting ready to pop into our time of worship here. I had a great time this morning and looking forward to worship again with you. Then we're into our series, Questions Jesus Asked. Today's question uh, is from John chapter 21. Do you love me? Great question. Looking forward to uh, spending time with that with you. Get ready, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. It's still one of my favorite things to just be in the room and hear all the conversations happening. Because, guys, this is where life is. When we're, like, with each other, it's where it's happening. So... It's one of my favorite things. So glad we're all here to do it together. I'm going to tell you what we're attempting to do. In case you didn't know, we start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Alice will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to Sunday school. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Questions Jesus Asked, Part 5. And it was really good, and I'm looking forward to you guys digging in. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, thank you for meeting with us this morning. We thank you for the privilege of joining and gathering to celebrate you corporately, God. Help us to never take it for granted. Papa, we thank you for the the ways that you've been moving in us and through us this last week. God, for making yourself known. You're awesome. And we praise you because we know you'll do it again next week. Papa, we are desiring to see your kingdom coming more. And we want to be part of that, God. We want to be instruments of your advancing kingdom. So we say yes. Help us to follow your leading to love others and advance your kingdom here in the now.
And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, you know that we are in the midst of so many great dangers and that because of our human weakness, we cannot always stand upright. Grant us such strength and protection that we may be supported in all dangers and carried through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I'd just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. We're going to see the words on the screen, so it'll be really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. Christ is our firm foundation.
We're breaking the bread of your precious, sinless body. We're spilling the wine of your blood. Thank you, thank you, Lord. My heart is forever. We love you because you first loved us. You gave your body and your blood. in your presence, God. 
And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children at this service and the next. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And hey, Ma, don't you come up and teach the children a Bible verse. Whoops. Good morning. How is everybody today? Hi, honey. I like your bunny. Good morning. Good morning. Fill in here. You guys got to help me say the Bible verse in a minute. Okay. So we're continuing in the theme about protection, right? But this this week, you all are going to be learning from the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was an Old Testament prophet and a good guy, really was. And he was charged with building the wall around Jerusalem so that God's people could be safe. But there were people that didn't want him to build that wall. But God was with them, and he did it anyway. God was with them. And the, what you guys need to remember, if we're thinking about protection, that wall was to keep them safe and to keep the bad guys out of it, right? And that's what Jesus does for us. He protects us. We listen to him, and he keeps us safe, and he watches over us, right? And we don't really build walls around our cities anymore, do we? But that's what they did in the Old Testament. But we know that if Jesus is with us, we're going to be okay no matter what. doesn't mean bad things don't happen sometimes, right? It just means God's with us through all of it. So can you guys help me say this Bible verse from the book of Nehemiah? All right, here we go. Nehemiah 4.14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Amen. Good job. Miss Cameron's giving you guys a sticker because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And Miss Alice is going to pray for you guys, okay? So bow our heads and close our eyes. Papa, we thank you for the kids you've gathered here this morning. I pray, Papa, that they would remember how loved they are, how cared for they are, and how much you love them, Lord. Put your angels around them. Let them enjoy Sunday school, and may the snacks be delicious. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys know where to go. If you don't know which room you're in, Miss Cameron can help you. Because I have no idea. Good job. Have fun. So there, w- some of you are waiting for seats. There will be seats now that the kids are heading out. If you have two or three seats by you, would you just raise your hand in the air real quick so people can see where they are? All right, so... Find your way to chairs. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for uh, wrestling through the parking lot. 
appreciate that. Depending on what time you pulled in, you got harder and harder to park. But thank you for, uh, for making it all the way in. I, I think everybody's seen them that needs them chair-wise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome, welcome to those of you joining us online. We're glad you're here as well. Hi. It wasn't hard for you to park, so that's good. That's a, you know, an advantage. Yeah. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code that just popped up is for you. If you point your smart device at it with a camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card. Name, phone number, email uh, is what that will ask for. And then we will send you texts and emails for the next five or six weeks. Uh, and also we have gifts for first-time guests at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. They have a very nice welcoming gift for you. Uh, we always, at this point in our times together, corporately pray for our neighbors. We do this to reinforce what we've asked you to do, which is to be praying for your neighbors every day. We really want to sow that into you. It's a powerful ministry and something that all of us can do. And so we will get together and we'll, we'll do it here. Uh, so think uh, about a couple of your neighbors. If you wouldn't, let's go to the Lord. Papa, we, we lift our neighbors up to you. We ask God that you would move into their lives in mighty ways that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you and help us, God, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Powerful stuff, guys, that, that kind of prayer. Keep it up every day. It makes a huge difference. We're in a series called The Questions Jesus Asked. I'm having a lot of fun with this series uh, and I hope you are as well. I'll talk more about that in just a moment. When, uh, when I get it back, I need to do the bad jokes. Really bad. I just, I, I wanted to say thank you before I start that. I wanted to say thank you to the person out there, uh, and you know who you are, who explained the word plethora to me. It, it means a lot. <laughs> Real deep there. I still like someone. Someone randomly asked me the other day what the ninth letter of the alphabet was. Took a wild guess, and I was right. A B. Yeah, okay. I don't get it. Then I was right. Oh, there you go. See. There are there are two two rules for success. Two rules for success. Number one. Don't tell all you know. Would you pray for us yes, and lead us in the reading? That was the joke. He leaves me hanging there in the dead silence of not a joke. So, okay, let's take a beat. Let's pray and then we'll read the word together. Papa, thank you for this day, for this time that we can corporately come and worship you, Father. Thank you that you're with us every time. Jesus, when you left, you didn't leave us as orphans. You sent your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would work, do your work again in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? This text of scripture is very famous, and I'm sure you've all heard it, but I'm going to read it to you again today, and it's out of the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 15 through 17, and this is Peter and Jesus. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him this for the third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. Okay, so this series, the questions Jesus asked, it's a... My heart is that as you go through it and you look at all these questions that Jesus asked, it will be a a way for you to connect in a richer and deeper way with Jesus. So in the Gospels, we said this as we started, there are over 300 questions that Jesus asked. It's a lot of questions. And many of them are asked in in an open-ended way so that you you can sort of hang out with them and try and answer them and then get sort of settled in it, and then revisit the question a few months later or a year later, and you can dig into it again. And the Lord can sort of open up new things to you, and Holy Spirit will illuminate new things. And it's just a way of of hanging out with Jesus. That's what I'm trying to encourage in the Scripture. And so what I've asked you to do is as we're doing this, we're going to, of the 300 questions, we're going to hang out with about 20. Uh, So it's not going to go for the next 300 weeks. Um, But I hope that you will read through and find these questions and make note of them. So I've been asking you to do that as you read. And and if you read four or five chapters a week and look for questions and then highlight them in your Bible or write them down in a notebook or put them on your computer or whatever, and then you can revisit them um, in the years to come. And so if you're, if you're staying with us, we've, in the first five, we've read all of John already, and now we're moving in this week to the Gospel of Luke uh, for our reading, and, and you should read from Luke chapter 1 through Luke chapter 6, and there's 15 questions that you're looking for. And we're going to look at one uh, question next week from Luke 6. So uh, that's kind of laying out the week ahead. It's a teaching tool, these questions. That's why Jesus asked them. It's like teaching with parables. If he just told you something, you may not remember it. But if he asks you a question and you have to think about it, chances are it will stick with you and you'll be able to hang out with it for a while. So that's what he's doing. Today, we're going to be in that passage that Alice read in John chapter 21. Uh, but I need to set it up before we get there. So first thing you need to know is that the Greek language has more than one word for love. And New Testament, most of it Greek or Aramaic. Um, and so when we read it, love, the word is always love, but in the Greek, in the original language, they may be using different words for that. And, and so we're not very descriptive with our word. We, we use love for everything. Uh, you know, and if I, it's like, you know, I love my wife and I love my friends and I love my, my church and I love pizza. But it's different, right? Now, you know it's different because of the context, but, but if you didn't know, you'd think, oh, he's, he's got a big thing about pizza. <laughs> Alice and I were actually laughing this week. We were having discussions about meals that we eat at home. We eat at home most of the time. And uh, we decided that our three favorite meals are at home. This, this isn't a joke. This is our conversation. Our three favorite meals are pizza, tacos, and pescetti. And I said, We've, we actually we have the palates of seven-year-olds. <laughs> 
We had other options, but that's like the go-tos. Well, we could have steak or we could have tacos. I'm going with tacos. <laughs> it's crazy. Where was I? Pizza. I love, 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 love. Okay, so in the Greek language and when we read in the scripture, we, there may be a different word that we're reading for love. And so um, th- the three main words for love in the Greek language, there's more, but the ones that we get to most of the time are eros, which is a physical love, uh, phileo, uh, which is an affection, it's I'm fond of you, phileo love, and agape love, which is the highest level or supreme love. This is the way God loves us and what he uh, encourages us. This is how he wants us to love, this highest level, supreme love. Love God all in. Uh, we always say here, right? Love your neighbor as yourself, but love God all in heart, mind, soul, strength. And it's uh, this sort of understanding of agape love and how God works it in us that we're going to look into in today's question. Uh, and that's, that's what I'm doing as I spend this time with you. I'm just sort of... Uh, modeling how I hang out with a question when I read it and where I go and what I look and I'm hoping that you'll do the same with the other because I've got 300 quite the other 280 questions I'm not going to get to with you but you hang out with them they mean something and it's a great way to uh, to dig in with the Lord so let's get some context for today's question actually ties in well with last week uh, and last week, Pastor Doug did a great job talking about the Last Supper and the big question of last week is, do you understand what I've done for you? And, and it was all about to be great in the kingdom, you have to have a servant's heart. That that's what makes a difference. And they were always arguing about who the greatest was. And, and Jesus, he doesn't stop them. It, it's a good thing to want to be great in the kingdom of God. But he turns it around and says, it's not how you think it is. It's not about putting yourself above others. It's about serving others. That's how the kingdom works. And this, uh, he's teaching his disciples this because they're always arguing about this, who's the greatest. Well, after the Last Supper, that very night, so it takes a while to learn new things. Has everybody figured that out? Even if it's Jesus telling you like point blank, it still takes a while to catch up to it. Okay, in our lives. So uh, that very night after the Last Supper, Jesus gets his guys and he says, "Some of you, you all of you are going to fall away tonight. And Peter's like, uh-uh, not me. Everybody else might fall away, but not Peter the greatest. I'm your guy. So uh, let's look at that in context. This is out of Matthew, uh, and um, Matthew twenty six thirty one. Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Remember, they, they can't deal with the whole death and resurrection of Jesus, yet it doesn't make sense to them so far out of their paradigm and what they expect. But Peter says... Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. It's very Peter-like. And uh, truly I tell you, Jesus said, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declares, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Well, but then it was a whole, who's going to be the greatest thing? They all had to say that, even if they weren't feeling it. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're all, we're all in. Well, as we know, they, they do exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. They all scatter, uh, including, uh, Peter. And, and so, uh, as the, the story continues, let me go back one. Uh, 
Here we go. Um, there's something interesting as a story involves. We know that they're going, uh, Peter is going to deny him the very three times that Jesus said he would. And then in the Gospel of Luke, we get a little more detail that there's this something that happens there that I think raises the whole level of this story. Luke twenty-two fifty-four and following. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. So he's there, but it's not like how he thought he was going to be there, right? And when some of there had kindled a fire, and some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, and Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, Peter said. And a little later, someone saw him and said, you're one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. And about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow is with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Now look at this. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. So I don't know if we always connect with that, that Peter, Jesus witnesses He's right there, and Peter sees Jesus looking back at him. And then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken, before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. Peter remembers his front, everybody else, not me, not me, not me. And this crushes Peter, the realization of what had just happened, and he went outside and he wept bitterly. You need to know Peter's heart. He's broken. He's He's not, he's not been able to live up to the expectation that he's set for himself, particularly in the dynamic of the guys he was with about who's the greatest, and none of them could. Anybody here ever not met your own expectations? Which is why you shouldn't put expectations on other people, because they just, you're just setting everybody up to disappoint everybody. We can't even live up to our own. Well, this is Peter's, and he's, he's, Peter's a good guy. This is a mess. This is not what he wanted. He wanted to do what he said. He just, he just couldn't. And, and so this is a big deal, right? Because Peter's kind of the, he's definitely one of the three leaders of the group, if not the main guy. And it was always Peter, John, and James at the top of that. And but Jesus loved all his guys, but these three guys were a big deal. And he used to take them places. But now this guy that, that it looks like the other guys really look to for leadership, he's just, he's missed it. He's messed up. And because he's messed up, he thinks he's done. Now, what Jesus is going to do is demonstrate what agape love looks like. Because aren't you glad to know that, that when you've messed up, you're not done? Anybody here ever messed up? Like, yeah, you know, in the last 15 minutes? <laughs> Hands still up? <laughs> but but he, God loves us. And we have to hang on to that because we, we're broken. We, we mess up. Not that, you know, we, we need to keep pressing in. But here's how God heals all that. And I love the heart of Jesus in that the heart of Jesus, after everything that's gone on, and, you know, this is after Jesus is resurrected. It's not a question. They've all seen him do that, uh, seen him in his resurrected form. But he, Jesus makes this next sequence of events happen because of how he loves Peter. And he's demonstrating to Peter what agape love really looks like. So Peter can be changed. So, so let's sort of, now that we have some context, we, we get into John 21. And what we find out, Peter's a mess, right? And, and Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's John and James, and two other disciples were together 
I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. He's basically saying, I, I'm, I, what a mess. I, you know, I'm going, I, I need to go back to where I was three years ago. I'm going fishing. And the other guys, and this is the fishermen of the group. It looks like seven of them were professional fishermen on the way in. Okay, well, we'll go with you because they don't know what's going on. But Peter's like, I'm, I'm done. So they go out and, uh, uh, and they got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. And this is where Jesus comes and he begins the restoration process. But he's going to set the scene for this to happen. And, and it's fascinating what goes on. So here's what happens uh, beginning in verse 4. Uh, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Resurrected Jesus takes them a while to figure out who he is when he comes. That's very, that's very hopeful to me too, The whole because we get resurrected bodies too. People are going to know us, but it's going to be different. It's really cool. Anyway, something to look forward to. And if you don't, if you never see the humor of Jesus when you read the scripture, you're missing a lot. Because he's funny. This is funny. He calls out to them. Friends. Professional fishermen that you all are. (laughs) Haven't you any fish? How's that going? This uh, off on your own sort of journey. No. Can you imagine how hard it would have been to say no there too? Because at some level they're piling it on now because not only does Peter think he's messed up who he's supposed to be in, in his calling and in the Lord, <laughs> seems now he's forgotten how to fish. But Jesus, all night they've been tossing this net back, forth, everywhere you can. Uh, throw your net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. He's stirring up some old encounters. And so they do. They, it's not even an argument. They did. They weren't able to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, by the way, in case you didn't know. John loves to call himself that in his gospel. I love John too. Uh, and it's still the John and Peter dynamic. They, he will, this will still be going on anyway. It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him for he taken it off and he jumped into the water. And the other disciples followed in a boat, towing in the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. So we have this happening. And, and I wanted you to see in those first verses that it's daybreak. It's dark. And this is similar to the betrayal. It was dark and it was right at daybreak when the rooster croaked. The timing of this is crazy. Then Jesus makes a fire. So that's another big aspect. And that's because in that account that we read in Luke, they're all huddled around a fire. So it's dark, daybreak, fire. Jesus is just putting Peter right in this place so that when their eyes locked, when Peter denied, they're going to be back in that whole situation so that Jesus can restore Peter. Now Peter is probably thinking up to this point, this is not going well for me. Because what's he going to say? He's my friend and I said I would, and I, so I'm such a mess. But look what happens. John 21, 9. When they landed, they saw fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So fish and bread. Again, Jesus, it looks like his favorite thing is a fish sandwich. Because whenever you see him feeding folks, it's fish sandwiches. So if you're going out today, get a fish sandwich, celebrate Jesus. All right? All right. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. 
And Simon Peter, Simon Peter uh, climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. So the stage is now set for this conversation between Peter and Jesus. And what Jesus is doing is he's going to teach Peter what agape love is all about, what the kind of love that Peter needs to have is all about, and that uh, there's, there's a change that happens in the inside. So after breakfast, Jesus and Peter hanging out, and he's, everything has been set up because of Jesus' love for Peter so that they were going to deal with uh, his, his denials and him falling away. But as you read those next verses, this is where the language dynamic sort of becomes very important when you go through it. And, and Peter's sitting there and he said, um, I'll never fail. He said, I want to have this, I'll lay my life down for you kind of love, but he doesn't quite measure up. And Jesus demonstrated on the cross that Jesus has it, but now he's going to go help Peter to find it. So look at these verses. And I'm going to read it to you uh, the way it is in the language, okay? So, uh, well, I'm not going to be speaking in Greek. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to translate the words. That would have been funny. I wish I could do that in Greek. That would be really cool. I don't speak Greek. Probably none of you do either, so I could have made it up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My brain. All right, stop. Here we go using that imagination. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Do you supremely love me more than these? Now, there's a lot of discussion about the more than these in that first question. Uh, he could have been referring to fishing and the things that he went back to. I have this thought. My thinking is that he's referring to back to Peter's sort of prideful statement about even if these guys fall away, I never will. And Jesus asked him, do you agape love me more than the rest of these guys? And Peter's response is, oh, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I phileo you. You know that I have a fond affection for you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. It's like, it's still, Peter, I, I haven't given up on you. you. You haven't done what you wanted to do, but I'm still here, still want you to do ministry. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you agape supremely love me. This time it doesn't have the more than these part. He steps it down a little, just getting right to Peter. It's not a comparison thing. Peter, but do you, agape, love me? And his response is, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. I have a fond affection for you. Okay, well, take care of my sheep. And the third time he says to him, he steps it down again, Simon, son of John, well, then do you have a phileo love for me? Do you have a fond affection for me? And Peter's hurt because what's going on? And he says, uh, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I phileo love you. And he says, well, then feed my sheep. And so there's this question that he's asking to get Peter's attention. And here's why I think it's such a big deal, is that most of us really don't understand this kind of love that God has for us and that he wants us to live in, which is a very unconditional, amazing, grace-filled, merciful kind of love. Because most of our experience with love is uh, a very performance-based. 
it, it has to do with if, if I perform in a certain way, then I expect you to perform in a certain way. And this happens throughout the course of our lives. We learn that, that love is sort of conditional based on our performance. And, and Peter was basing his love for Jesus on how well he could perform in the midst of things. I will never leave you. I'm going to demonstrate to you how much I love you. But this, this ability to love the way I'm talking is a gift of God. See, this, this ability to love the way God loves us is, is, it happens when our hearts are transformed when we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Saviors. It's a process. You, you can't work this kind of love up. It's not something that you can will yourself to do. It's, it comes from a transformative change inside of you as a new creation. And then you're, you're able to begin to love like that. You might choose not to still, and we do, I think. But now we have the ability to, with Holy Spirit in us, to begin to love in this way. Because in this encounter, like, it could have gone a lot of different ways. You know, he had betrayed Jesus. Jesus saw it. Jesus could have come and said, you're no good. Out you go. You, you didn't. You didn't do what he said you were going to do. You couldn't do it. And that's not the heart of Peter, uh, Jesus. What he wants is for Peter to be restored into what he's called him to. And something connects with Peter in this conversation. Because in a few days, Pentecost is going to happen. And guess who's the big risk taker at Pentecost and who steps up in the midst of everything that's going on and delivers a message that adds 3,000 to the church that begins the church? It's Peter. He's already got it. Something has already happened. Because I think it's because he experienced this amazing love in a way. And it was so opposite of what he expected that he's like, okay, I want that as well. And I want to move that into well. Peter, even as he begins to write years later, uh, as he's writing you know, his, his letters uh, in First Peter 1, 8, 9, I said, I, this, you can see the change. Though you have not seen him, you, agape, love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. This is from the transformation that happens when we come to know Jesus. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You've connected and he's got you forever and he's with you forever and you have all those amazing promises. And, and this really gets to the heart of, of why we can begin to operate in this kind of love. That, that because we've received it from God. And we get it. It's, we, we start to get, I'm such a mess, but you love me. I disappoint you, but you love me. And in that transformation then, it's not, a, it's not that performance decision, well, because you love me, you know, so I'm going to do this. It's, oh, God, because you love me. My heart's response is to learn to love like that. Love you and love others, which is what we're called to. And that's at the heart of all of this. There's this neat thing that happens at the end. Last two verses. That's why I love hanging out with questions. So the first 20 years that I read this, I didn't get this. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. This is Jesus talking to Peter. Uh, and you went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Now, I used to think, well, that's, that's a hard thing to tell Peter. Listen, this just is promised to, to Peter from Jesus. You know, you said you wanted to be able to lay down your life for me, and you couldn't, but you'll be able to. You're going to have that kind of love. And, and, and it's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a neat sort of promise that's in there. And then that last two words is so restorative. Follow me. 
You know why that's so cool? Do you know how the whole journey with Jesus and Peter started? Jesus says to Peter, follow me. And even though you're a mess, and even though you've failed, and even though you haven't lived up to your own expectations, I love you. And Peter's like, oh, Lord. And, you know, now Peter could honestly say, yes, God, I agape you back. And it's all part and tied up in the follow me. So hang out with that question. And, uh, you know, just get yourself in there and see what's going on. And know that God loves you with this amazing love. And ask him under the the power of the Holy Spirit, to be able to love others in the same way. Ministry team, those here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over there here to pray for you, whatever that might be. Let me say that all of this starts by knowing Jesus. See, Jesus has done what he needed to do. After, you know, the events of the Last Supper, he did go to the cross and he took his perfect sinless life and there on the cross, he, he took sin on, all our sin on, and he died and his blood was shed to cover it all. And he takes that down with him and he defeats it. And then he defeats death by rising again. So he's dealt with the power of sin and the power of death and made it possible for us to be reconciled to God, even though we're a mess. And our whole part in that is just to get that that's what God did. That's how God made a way back. And we needed a Savior because we were lost. We needed to be rescued. Jesus comes and rescues us. All we do is say yes to the rescue. Yes to Jesus. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you've never done that, please, now's the time. If you're watching online, you've never done that. Now is is absolutely the best time to say, Jesus, will you be my Lord, my Savior? And that changes everything And if you do it today, it's the beginning of your story with him. Amen. Then he says, follow me, which we'll do. We'll follow him. It's funny that Peter's greatest failure became the stepstone to his ministry and his greatest success. So for any of you that feel like you have failed beyond what you can ever be restored, you hang on to that scripture from Peter because God always restores and renews. And my sweet friend, Pastor Angie, got a word, and I want her to share it. So during worship, I said out loud, um, I don't know if it came through the microphone, I guess I was saying it to myself too, Holy Spirit manifest. Mm. And I could imagine Holy Spirit's face in this room. He had such a longing and such an earnest longing as he made his way to each of us, to our hearts. And I saw, and what he was doing is he was knocking. And I remembered Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will eat with him and he will eat with me. That's communion. So if you're here today, It's quite simple, as Pastor Steve just said. Open the door. Just open the door. Whether it's salvation, healing, a different mindset, a burden, whatever you're carrying, just open the door. Mm. Thank you, love. Good word. Thank you. Amen. Cool stuff. Church, thank you. Uh, Your generosity. 
We bless you. Thank you. We love partnering with you. Thank you for uh, all that you allow us to do here in the community and around the world. Bless you for that and your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing. Ways to do that are up on the screen. And let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. It looks nice out there. Get out there some, catch some fish. I suggest the right side. The right side. If you catch 153, let me know. There'll be some significance. Have fun, guys. Be be kind in the parking lot. It's going to be a little... You'll all get there. Thanks for watching online. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day wherever you are. And I hope if you're up north that you're not too cold, stay warm. Because that just makes me hurt inside, (laughs) thinking about cold like that. Have a fish sandwich for lunch. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll have a fish sandwich. We might. We're going out. So you never know. Love you guys. Bye-bye.